Welcome to Hearsay on the Air, episode 100. We love to make great Coming to you from our world headquarters in San Francisco, welcome to Hearsay on the Air. I'm your host, Victor Gaxiola. And I'm Alyssa DeSantos. And Alyssa, we're celebrating today. Yes, we are. A hundred episodes, Victor. And I couldn't think of a better way than to bring two very special guests, voices from the past, which I'm sure you're going to recognize. And coming to you from San Francisco, we've got... (laughs) Ronnie Kerr. And Eli Miniker. Of course. So we had to bring the band back together to celebrate this milestone of 100 episodes. And I still can't believe that we've done 100 shows. No kidding. It's amazing. And uh, of course, a lot has happened since the last time you were both here. I think the last time we actually recorded a show was episode 64 when Ronnie had just come back from Walking Across America. That's right. And so uh, a lot has happened since then. And I only really had one question, which was, uh, what have you guys been up to? It's been hanging out. Yeah. Uh, nothing. Nothing in that time. <laughs> nothing nothing of consequence. Phone, waiting for it to ring, and then luckily you called us up and said, yeah. hey, do this podcast. And Hearsay was the prime prime of our lives. Yeah. And now it's, it's all downhill. <laughs> Mostly the two of us just sitting around, reminisce, good times. Yeah, just been sitting around waiting for the call to say, I need you to come back. Well, well I do want to say that I really appreciate the fact that when I reached out to the two of you, you didn't hesitate to come back to the show. And of course, Alyssa and I have been holding down the fort here, doing a number of episodes since you have both departed and left the show. But it brings me so much joy that you're back here to share your stories. So um, I wanted to start with Ronnie, because uh, the last time you were here, obviously you just completed this long walk across America, hashtag Ronnie Walk. Yep. And for those of you who are familiar with the show and have listened, we were tracking Ronnie from, this, uh, from the start of his walkout in Brooklyn all the way across the United States. So for those who are unfamiliar with your story, and I do recommend you listen to episode 64, tell us, Ronnie, have you continued to walk like you did? That's the question I've been getting all day in the office today. (laughs) (laughs) And I wish I could say that, yes, I've been walking 20 miles a day, but it's not really the case. You know, I take the dog out for little walks here and there, but that's pretty much it. No, No grand adventures planned at the moment. Well, the last time we, we actually did the recording, there was two things that you were talking about wanting to do. One was to visit Southeast Asia. Mm. And then I think the second thing, I think we were all in on this, right? Wanting to do the, was it the Pacific Coast Trail? Uh, Pacific, Pacific Crest. Pacific yeah, Crest. Pacific Crest. The one okay. that's, that was made famous in uh, that movie. Well, Cheryl Strayed's book. Right. Wild. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then the movie. Um, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's. An epic, like I don't, I don't know the exact mileage, but it's like three thousand miles through mountains and deserts and forests, and it's it's going to take some planning if it ever happens. So it's it's not on the 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 you know near horizon, but hopefully at some point in in, in life. I thought it maybe on the lighter side there was like a bike tour. I think we we're looking at doing too, right? I have too many ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what we're getting at. Yeah. Well, I mean, exciting stuff, right? Yeah. As far as yeah. I mean, I'm just curious, just from the standpoint and thinking about and listening to that podcast, and now that there's been some distance from the time you've done the walk, uh, can you t- share with us, you know, what kind of impact the walk has had in in your day to day life and the things you're doing today? Yeah, I think I. I always take it back to the to the simple things and the direct things. I, I try to you know try to be more present, uh, try to be more mindful about things. It's really easy to forget the simplest things like to stay hydrated or even to take a breath every once in a while and slow down. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're just running from thing to thing to thing, from email to email to meeting to meeting, and even that sentence there was a little fast. So, <laughs> <laughs> so just remembering to you know slow down and. Take a deep breath and remember that, you know, put things into perspective. So mm-hmm. hopefully I'm, I've been able to 
incorporate that into my life more. Well, during the walk, you were also keeping a journal, right? So have That's you gone right. back and referenced the journal as far as, you know, any sort of blog post writing? Yeah, I've, I've been writing, you know, about the, the walk in bits and pieces. If you look for my name, Ronnie Kerr on Medium, you'll, you'll be able to see some of those pieces. Um, my, one of my ex-colleagues from Hearsay, Kathleen, uh, which you all know, um, she's like been pestering me the most saying like, write a book I will buy that book right away like you know she's like just waiting for it so hopefully I'll have something like that at, at, at some point in the next couple of years but I've been taking it in bits and pieces alright so I'm going to encourage all the listeners to use hashtag Ronnie Walk and write in very bold cap lock write a book Ronnie <laughs> finish it <laughs> finish it yeah because like I said I'd be the first to buy it so I echo what Kathleen had shared from the well, standpoint that I think there is a book there yeah and it's interesting that you brought that you you mentioned that that you remember that because that's actually uh, a tangible thing that uh, the notebook writing that's a tangible thing that I've retained mm-hmm. so I'd always written before the walk but now and ever since the walk I've tried to write at least once a day mm-hmm pens actual paper you know like sitting and and wow. thinking about like whatever comes out whether it's a recap like diary style of the day or it's just thoughts on my mind or things i'm looking forward to or whatever comes out and it's just an interesting way to just express what's you know like maybe things that are on your mind that you didn't even know were there mm-hmm. so so writing the book would be step one, obviously step two, selling the rights to Hollywood and having the story made wild to the sequel. But yes, the question I, I would like to add that. in, right, yeah, see, we're all lining up for that right away. Yeah, but the are. real question is, who plays you? Who plays your girlfriend? I feel Ooh. like this question came up on a previous question, right? podcast, You're actually. Right. I, really? I think it did come wow. up. Oh, man, recycling old questions. <laughs> no, 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 but I, I can't remember what the answer was. Perfect, new answer. I'm not sure. There's there's one actor that I can't remember the name of because I'm terrible at, at Hollywood. But uh, I think I think I think DiCaprio could could yeah do this Ronnie Johnny Depp maybe Depp yeah um, I think Depp might be too old. <laughs> Depp's too old. Yeah, yeah, Depp's too old. But if you know if anybody has any Eddie ideas, Redman can play anything. <laughs> he can right. I, I would welcome an old Johnny Depp playing. Yeah, thing. Well, I don't yeah, care. Yeah. <laughs> what about two? Yeah, what Wild about Natalie? Two. Oh, Natalie. You're asking the wrong guy. I'm yeah, like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, right, the, wor- right. I'm <laughs> the worst. I've seen, I've, seen, I've seen one of the movies that was nominated for Best Picture this year. So that's <laughs> to give you an idea of my pop culture. Wait, was that La La Land? <laughs> I mean Moonlight? Oh, too soon. Arrival. Too soon. One, it, was, it didn't even have a chance. It's Arrival was so good, all by the way. The movie was wonderful. All right. And Eli, what have you been up to? Kind of oh, busy. man. 2016 was a very busy, very intense year. I decided to just go ahead and kick off. January 1st by proposing to my girlfriend. Mm. Um, All right. uh, You know, good good to do it after a long night of New Year's Eve partying when, you know, can't say no because, you know, moving slow and uh, just saying yes to whatever. Uh, So that worked out well. Um, And then uh, got married in October. Um, It rained on our wedding day. Uh, for the first, the, we got married at a winery up in Sonoma, and it rained for the first time for a wedding at this winery in 10 years. <laughs> which, that's good luck, though. That's good luck. You know, okay, so I have a thing about this that's good luck. That's good luck. Right? It yeah. comes from someone who it rained on their wedding day and they were trying to make something up, yeah. or someone was trying to make someone feel better. Like, it's the type of thing you say to make <laughs> someone feel better that it rains on your wedding day. But actually, it ended up clearing up right after that and was absolutely stunning sunset. You know, beautiful pink sunset for, and it was just you know so great having everyone together. Mm-hmm. You've had um, a lot of life events since. Yeah, we yeah. I also bought a house. Hearsay. Yeah, like wow. all this the summer uh, <laughs> in San Francisco. So I'm broke now. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> Who buys but, a house in San Francisco? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> it was a it was a snap decision. We only saw it once, and we saw it on Sunday evening, and we put an offer in on Tuesday morning, and we uh, won the bid by Wednesday. Wow. After one viewing. But it literally was is four blocks from the place I've been living for five years in the city. Like four blocks up the same street. So it was like this is and nothing opens up in that area. So there's a one chance really to get a spot where our lives don't change, our commutes don't change. Mm -hmm. Like we live in an area we love where we wanted to raise a family, like one shot. So we just jumped on it. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, just makes me so proud. Eli's just a little boy just growing, growing up. up so growing up so fast. It's getting so big. Now, you did have to make some sacrifices, though, right? And you know what I'm talking about. I did. I made a very big sacrifice. You know, when, when, when joining your life with someone else, sometimes things <laughs> from your past that you think were great decisions and wonderful purchases sometimes have to go. And uh, I believe you're referring to my 12-person black leather bachelor couch. That would be it. Black and white leather. I was going to say there's some white in there, too, which Definite, really yeah. is, is worth mentioning. My friends call it space couch. Um, you know, it has, like, secret areas that fold out into cup holders. Um, oh, it, it's quite it – was, it was quite a piece. How did I pass um, on that? Yeah. And uh, what <laughs> the worst part was putting it up on Facebook, trying to get someone to buy it, and having my price come down in massive increments and eventually selling it for one, one-tenth – Less than one tenth, one sixteenth of what I paid for. Wow! See, I was I was actually getting to the point where the the the, the amount that people were willing to bid kept getting lower and lower. That I, I started thinking that you were going to actually have to pay people. I was to take this I thing was off your hands. Right? That was we came pretty close to that. I ended up selling it at the last minute, on the last day that we moved out of our uh, old apartment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was it was a sad loss. Well, thank yeah. you for not just putting it on the sidewalk like You're a lot of people in yeah. the city do. <laughs> I mean, there'd be a beautiful black leather couch in Golden Gate Park that people just. <laughs> At least you know, put it by a bus on. stop if you're going to do something like right. that. Right. Yeah, see? <laughs> Be the fanciest bus stop. That's nice. Well, the two of you are very popular coming back for the show, walking around the office, and of course, lots of hugs and lots of uh, oh, it's so fun. warm you know, smiles and to see you guys back and obviously making, making an impact here at Hearsay. So tell us a little bit about what you've been working on uh, since you've left Hearsay and what, you know, what's in your new adventures. Yeah, so I, I think I may have mentioned on that last podcast when I was here uh, that I was looking into starting freelancing, mm-hmm. um, independent contracting, and, and I've been able to do that actually for the past year. I'm 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 still amazed every day that I'm that I'm able to keep it up. <laughs> um, just it's a it's it's interesting, you know. It's it's not the you know permanent work, the the classic you know, nine to five, you have to actually find your own clients and mm-hmm. stake out your own claim and, and the kind of work that you're doing. And so it's cool. I've been able to do that since I got back from the walk. I've, you know, I was telling Alyssa, I've every week I'm working with probably like two or three clients regularly. And then over the months it'll change, um, who I'm working with, but it's, it's cool. And it's, it's similar things that I was doing at hearsay actually. Mm-hmm. So a lot of content creation, um, working with, you know, within the tech industry, often it's B2B marketing. Uh, so it's, I obviously am using the experience from hearsay mm-hmm. in a big way to, to make that happen. What would you say is like one of the more interesting projects you've worked on in the last year? Actually, it's, uh, it's, it's really different from my, my core, but I would say, uh, Victor actually knows about this because he joined me. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my core work is typically writing, editing, um, and, you know, strategizing around content. Um, but I was approached by this company called, and now I feel like it's a shameless plug, but you're asking. So this company called Spearman. Yeah, plug uh, away. And <laughs> uh, basically the way I think of it is it's like a, it's this app that's sort of like the Twitter of podcasts. Mm-hmm. So it's, Instead of listening to a 30-minute or hour-long podcast, they, they try to have, you know, five or ten-minute podcasts that you listen to. So oh, spare micro, minute, micro, spare minute. Exactly. Okay, cool. And, and the w- you can actually do solo podcasts, but the way it started originally was, like, you, like somebody would call you, and it was a conversation between two people. Um, and so I've been doing some work for them, interviewing founders and CEOs within the tech industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really cool because I'm just constantly looking at like the companies that got funding, you know, today, yesterday, last week, and I reach out to them and I get to like learn about all the cool things that are happening within the tech industry. And, you know, just literally spend five, six minutes talking to these founders and, and, and learn about, you know, what they're up to. Well, I was really impressed with the platform itself because it's so easy to use. Yeah. And you, we set it up, and then uh, we both, I, I called in a number, and you asked me, and you were recording at the same time, and then you were able to kind of like put it up almost yeah. immediately. Yeah, I do about two to three per week, actually. And, wow. and it, mm-hmm. it's 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 definitely, it's, it's funny, it's like a small production compared to what you're doing mm-hmm. here, but it's cool because, like you said, I do the interview, Within 15 minutes, it's available for editing, so I can trim out parts that 
you know, I want to cut out. Usually it's the beginning where we're getting settled in. Um, and then I just publish. And so within, you know, 30 minutes of doing the interview, it can be online and, and people can be listening to it. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a really cool, it's a really cool app and it's been a fun project to work on. That's awesome because I'm just thinking of where the podcast, where the industry has gone from when you guys started Mm -hmm. this thing like a hundred episodes ago and just the number of podcasts just like everyone is kind of listening to I mean like, the majority of people in our, our office listen to you know one or two podcasts well, you we talk, talk about, to anyone yeah you talk about the serial effect right mm -hmm. yeah. serial was the first thing that really opened the door and like we started or you guys started pretty much right when serial was yeah. hitting I think they got the idea from from us yeah, right yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that's what I understood we were investigating a, a very questionable murder here in San Francisco in, in the office actually oh wow yeah. in yeah. inner office murder <laughs> No, actually, but Eli, what you say is absolutely true from the standpoint. We actually started the show in and around exactly yeah. when Serial came out and, and, and became as popular as it did. And so I think it was that was that uh, the sweet spot of podcasting being looked upon as a, you know, as a real viable medium for storytelling. And, and we've often said that the, when you look at the creation of this show, and the, I think the reason why we have 100 episodes to speak of is because we were looking for what I termed the infotainment. We wanted to inform at the same time as entertain by bringing together people that we have exposure to as thought leaders in this space to talk about their challenges and talk about best practices. And we've been really fortunate to not only profile our own employees and their contributions here at Hearsay, but at the same time bring in some of our customers to share their stories about how they're using our product and the challenges that they're meeting in financial services with the adoption of digital technology. So... It was one of these, you'd come across these great stories with people and you'd say, there's got to be an audience for this story. I need to amplify this story and it's not enough. And you could write a blog post, but what you find is that blog posts for most part will have a shelf life. Like people rarely do use the search feature on a blog to look back at a back catalog. But what continues to surprise me, and, and I do want to make a show once on how to do a podcast, yeah. which would be kind of interesting because oh, we yeah, thought about yeah. doing that. And, and, and Ronnie, you know, looking at the, the micro podcast right. as, a, as an option yeah. is this idea that to this day, and we monitor the number of downloads we get per episode, that you'll see people downloading episodes from 2014, 2015. And you're talking about something that, you know, is two years old and yet people are still consuming it today. Yeah. And that's why I believe in this medium to a certain extent almost more than a blog. Uh, from the standpoint that people are willing to listen to content that's two, th two, three years old sometimes. So, next question I have is, um, there are a number of podcasts obviously I wasn't a part of, and I'm interested to know, for both of you, what your favorite podcast was that you worked on, and why? Good question. I know, I'm trying or to think. Or even most memorable, like yeah, if something went or something, wrong or something. That's I mean, a good question, I yeah. like that. He's thinking about it. I'll, I'll start while he's thinking about it, because actually, it's kind of a tie for me. There's two, and I think I might share the same one that Eli does. Uh -oh. um, number one, quite honestly, and it has everything to do with more from the production standpoint, and I've said this before, is the Empire State of Mind Part 1. Uh, and just so people know which one that is, we actually, it was one of the first times we took the podcast on the road and took the digital recorder, went to New York City, and wanted to really profile a lot of our employees who work in the New York office. But... Almost as a, as a character of the show was the city itself, yeah. was New York. Yeah, subway sounds in there. Subway yeah, sounds, um, you know, uh, the, the, the people who were playing, like there was uh, playing in the subway, yeah. you know, the street orchestras, performers, performers, performers yeah. uh, people who were selling things in the street, the announcement from the flight attendant on arrival, and that blended. It, it's one of the few shows where if you look at it from an editing standpoint, and when we get to, you know, how to do a podcast, we'll talk about this. It was like eight tracks at one time playing, you know, and and it was one of my most favorite shows just because it really brought in New York City into the uh, to the actual show. The introduction was done at Grand Central, you know, right there at the terminal, and and I remember having the recorder and just you know for those of you who've been to New York or experienced New York, the place is just alive. And and what I really wanted to get across on that show was the energy of New York. 
And then followed that with interviews of our staff there and the people that have been working in customer success in our event team and their enthusiasm about working for Hearsay but being in New York. And so that is one of my, my favorite shows. I think it's interesting because a lot of the good podcasts you listen to, there's sort of like traditional radio, mm-hmm. right, with storytelling and a lot of that, like the audio you're talking about, that quality. And then a lot of the podcasts we listen to now are just like really good interviews, like a right. Q&A mm-hmm. in a silent right. room. Yeah. But I think what you're describing is sort of the mixture of both and being able to kind of take like a journalistic mm-hmm. approach to like the Q&A, which is, which is cool. I think the difference for me, and, and then it actually helped drive, you know, in thinking about, you know, future recordings and, and actually, we get a lot of feedback that some of the favorite recordings are exactly those when we when we bring in multiple voices. So even when we recorded the um, working at hearsay, you know, is which was one of the uh, podcasts that we did, and we were fortunate that a lot of the folks from our entire organization were here in San Francisco for one of our regular company kickoffs, and we asked them the question, you know, what does working at hearsay? What's special about working at hearsay? And just giving them the recording, and so you had all these multiple voices, and so. We've heard from a lot of people that they like hearing from multiple voices. It's not just us, but the people who make up this company. And so, um, you know, we really need to get out on the road more. We're going to have to go <laughs> yeah. out on a, <laughs> on a road, on a road show, trip, right. I think, is what you're we, proposing for we the We talked about us, that, maybe. didn't we, Ronnie? We <laughs> talked right. about getting a bus. That's right. <laughs> doing a full tour, and we can never get the funding. We started, we wanted to do a GoFundMe page, right, to get this oh bus <laughs> with the logo and just, like, do a mobile studio and just go around the country. Right. <laughs> How about Eli? Any favorite? Uh... I mean, I know what you're hinting at. Um, <laughs> well, it's one of my favorites, but so yeah. So, that, so I believe yeah, the episode you're referring to there was uh, it was a discussion of AI. It was. Um, it was probably one of the largest number of people we've had on a single podcast. Um, ben Henry, five. Steve Garrity, you, uh, me, Julia, Julia. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Um, I think that was that was us. That was the list. And uh, we were just discussing, you know, the future of AI, and a beautiful article had just come out about this. I'm forgetting what where the article was published, but uh, it just kind of got us to this point of discussing, you know, AI and stuff. And and needless to say, you know, normally it, we're, we're recording these during the workday, so normally, you know, we're sober. Um, <laughs> yeah. This podcast was recorded at 5:30 p.m. on a Thursday, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't, I would say that. For the most part, we were not, um, which doesn't come through in the podcast until quite late when I take over and in an attempt to summarize what was at that point in the podcast, already like a 40-minute podcast, I go on a three-minute nonstop just, I don't know. I don't know where brain, I was going. Brain dump, I feel like that brain is dump, a formal, Brain dump is exactly the right word. It was, it was a brain dump, but there was nothing in the brain to dump. So <laughs> it's, it's mostly me just kind of talking all over the place while attempting to summarize what was this great conversation. And speak, speaking of great editing and post-production, <laughs> Victor just threw in this uh, amazing like star space music behind it all of a sudden. <laughs> That's oh awesome. man, that was. You have to listen to it. it. Guys, something he, else. I don't uh, know if you can edit it in. I'm, I'm going to give you an edit mark right here to just go ahead and toss it in. Yeah, Eli <laughs> is referencing episode 53. Yep, it sounds. It about was right. called the Robo Apocalypse. Yes. The subtitle is: Is your computer trying to kill you? Right. And um, and, <laughs> and it was I funny because Ben Henry came out with a very simple yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it's, and he scared everybody. Yeah. But what was really funny about that that recording is I remember in the pa- I came to you the next day after yeah. we finished the recording and I was going through the editing process, and I and I asked you I said do you realize that you had like a three minute monologue at the end and you didn't want to believe me and I, I was said, like no I know it was like maybe a minute no and I know because the song I used was exactly three like something song. like three minute song so yeah. I, I'm actually I'm actually gonna play it right now you gotta you listen to this monologue you so should. listen to this monologue this is Apologies Eli in oh talking about and summarizing about the robo apocalypse so, so kind of let me bookend the pros and cons a little bit with a, a thought here of the dark and then a little bit of hope at the end of it here. Um, I'm going to go back kind of to argue uh, Steve's point about Excel, you know, and Excel came along and took away the typing pool or the, you know, the kind of secretary. But that was a slow build, right? You know, at some point, I mean, someone still needed to operate it. So they had to learn new things and they operated those things and just 
slowly but surely we kind of the technology grew and maybe the overall number of people employed in it decreased but there was still a person on the other side entering the you know info into the excel spreadsheet so you needed a, a single person to work it but what we're talking about is autonomous stuff where the person working it has to be so highly skilled you know ben henry level of coding right and building something but not everyone can just learn that overnight like you can excel and so you have this potential again the same exponential growth towards the point where you know you phase out a ton of jobs and those same people can't get new jobs because their entire livelihood has been taken away and automated by people who do jobs that are far more complicated than they can do the hope side of it i'll throw out there is that time and time again throughout the course of human history we've seen one of our greatest um positives is our adaptation to new and changing environments and worlds and jobs and styles and while there are certain people who will always come kicking and screaming as there were people i'm sure coming kicking and screaming into the industrial revolution the new generations adapt faster and stronger and we're already seeing it the ma- not the majority maybe but a fairly large amount of julian mai's generation is looking into jobs in tech and learning how to code and learning how to do things that are going to help them succeed more and more and they know things almost intuitively i mean these kids pick up an ipad and they just know what to do with it it's almost instinctual to a point at this because they just see it and they know it and they learn it quickly and so while you know the potential for taking a job away is there and the automation is potentially dangerous to current, you know, people who hold that job down the line. It won't be as we adapt. All right, that was my little soapbox moment. I can't I, believe we let you say that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you did either. I think that's, I think that's, that's right. And I think the, 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 uh, the engineering term would be TLDR. Uh, too long, didn't read. Yeah. Correct. All right. Well, if, if if you if you live through that, you just going to listen to the rest of the episode. Yeah. Um, just because that is just one of the gems listen, of the episode fifty three. Far far better. <laughs> well, it makes far more sense. Well, what I loved is the fact that we purposely brought in Julia to that show uh, yeah. to be like the the person in the audience going. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like we wanted someone to represent the segment of our people. audience. Right? How many people were in the room? Five, five. six. It was oh, five okay. of us. That's yeah, it was great. over at the Shire. Yeah. And we just sat around and Steve got it started and of course I mean he got to the point where we were talking about singularity. Yep. I mean it, it got dark Thomas, quickly. Talked about Asimov and you know, different you know, and uh, Arthur C. Clarke and yeah. Well, you know, it's in the a purpose, deep episode, guys. And the reason why we did that is because we almost wanted to break away from the standpoint we're usually talking about financial services, yeah. but we wanted to have a conversation about something that had kind of surfaced. And I think that the the origin story of what really led to that show was a conversation that Ben and Julia and Steve had had. Right. And and then they thought, hey, this is a subject worth exploring. And so when they brought it to me, I just said, we got to yeah. sit down, we got to record this, yeah. and let's just do it. And we did throw in some financial services content in there because if I remember right, threw one in of, or shoehorned in. We we shoehorned it in because we talked about a robot that spoke like sixteen languages in Japan right. at a bank that was being used to help people with Q and A. Like they'd walk in and you can ask it in any one of the sixteen languages, and then it would tell you where to go. Yeah, so we we threw in a little financial services in there. Totally, it's always part of the mix. <laughs> How about Ronnie? Did he? Uh, yeah, did you it, it actually him? came to me before Eli started talking about uh, that podcast. But it's really funny because uh, it's similar. So we're we're going back in time though with our favorite with our yeah. favorite podcast. But um, Mima, that was the one where it was the theme. You had gone to this marketing summit. I forget. It was in Minneapolis. In yeah. Minneapolis, and mm-hmm. the theme of the conference was like Rise of the Machines. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. So it was a very similar thing and where we were sort of, you know, waxing poetic about the future of technology. But it's interesting because, you know, in those earlier days, we were talking, Victor and I were just talking about how we had this, you know, really rigid structure for where the conversation would flow during the podcast. Like we would have the introduction, you know, Victor would talk about a couple points and then we would get into the main conversation and then we would close off with whatever. And it was like, we literally had it printed out. Um, 
but I've found out recently that when you know when Eli took over, like or in that transition, uh, you it became more free form where you yeah. were having just a conversation. And I think that meme of conversation that we had was probably almost like the beginning of that, where mm-hmm. where it was yes, we were talking about that conference that you had gone to, but it quickly became so many other things. We were just talking about you know machine learning and artificial intelligence and 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 the rise of you know automated technologies. So that was that was a, that was a fun one. And I, I don't I don't know if I talked for three minutes straight. I doubt it. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> we can edit it to make it seem like you did, though. It sounds just, like we need to bring AI uh, back into the yeah. Phone. I think so. I mean, I've talked. Maybe to we s- just pivot and this becomes an AI podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the AI podcast. <laughs> AI on the air. Actually, Ronnie, the the episode he's mentioning is it's actually episode twelve, so it's one of the early ones. Yeah. And right. it was the MEMA Summit review, and MEMA is the marketing Minnesota Interactive Marketing Association. So we had gone there to do a presentation, and uh, they actually had the guy who coined the word virtual reality, mm. who was one of the opening keynotes. And um, yeah, you, you'd have to take a listen to some of the things that he had to say. So I'm going to play a little bit from that episode just so you can take a listen, just to get an idea of kind of thematically where we're going with this. But what was... What was the the flavor of the entire conference? I know it's an interactive marketing association, so that gives us a sense. And I think the theme also uh, lends some sense to what they were talking about. But just give us an idea of like the overall theme. Well, the theme was innovation. I mean, I think if there was one theme, it had to do with innovation and talking about machines and digital technology and and the changes that are taking place. And things got kicked off, you know, pretty wild. I mean, it was a pretty... Um, interesting kickoff because they had a gentleman by the name of Jer- uh, Jaron Lanier. Hmm. And Jaron's known by uh, his claim to fame is the fact that he coined the word or the theme virtual reality. Really? Yeah, that was his thing. And he was, I mean, truly this Renaissance man came out there. He's got the, the dreadlocks. Uh, he's from California. He's been working in high tech now for many, many years. He's been listed as one of the most influential people in the world by Time Magazine. Uh, he really is in the cusp of you know, technical innovation has been doing it for years. He was somewhat of a genius, apparently. Um, talks a lot about internet politics, the future of humanism, and just this real, you know, futuristic kind of discussions. As a matter of fact, his most recent book was called Who Owns the Future? Big ideas. Big ideas. Now, the interesting thing is that he kind of set the tone because he goes up there and already he's kind of this larger of life figure. And, you know, you've got all these marketers who are kind of sitting around watching this guy. He goes up there and he pulls out this this flute like from Indonesia and he just starts playing away you know (laughs) everybody I like this guy and then he starts talking you know he puts the flute down and he starts talking about virtual realities and worlds and where we're headed and how everybody can be a lobster and you can be a lobster and you can be a lobster and what it feels like to have extra limbs and all this running all this before 9 a.m. in the morning my brain was like wow you know just couldn't it was like exploding (laughs) And then our session was right after that. So it was like, well, well, how do you follow that? You know, how do you follow someone like, you know, Jaron, who's up there, yeah. who's talking about, uh, you know, being a lobster, singularity, all these, you know, concepts are just blowing people's Sci-fi minds. Sci-fi stuff almost, but bec- rapidly becoming reality. Well, real deep. And, and, and he brought the Indonesian flute, right? So I, I did what I could do. I improvised on the spot. So after starting the introduction pieces, I said, look, to, my, to the audience that had come to our session. And mind you, there were seven other sessions, so we were just happy people were at our session. And I said, I don't know how you follow Jaron, but I'm gonna give it my best best try. So I took my water bottle, and I put it up right next to the mic, and I did the It's beautiful. And people went wild, okay? Right there alone, based on that, I probably could have gotten a standing ovation, I think, but, but it really <laughs> set the tone, and, and Jaron really got things kicked off. Cool. So, Ronnie, you're, you're so spot on in the fact that that was one of the first times we actually started feeling and giving us creative license to do a little bit more free form right. when it comes to the podcast, which is something that carried over 
in the podcast we recorded with Eli. And I think it's been part of the show since then, because I think from conceptually from the very inception, when we first started the show, we wanted it to have structure in light of the audience that we had. But as we started doing more, we started thinking more about the fact that one of the things that were, I, at least I was hoping that people were going to appreciate was just our own thoughts and opinions on this. Mm-hmm. And so it's something that's carried over as we've brought in guests and you look at the, li- the list of questions. And, and honestly, a lot of the, the, the guests that we bring in for financial services do need sometimes the questions in advance. There are compliance you know, regulations and things that they have to get cleared. And so many times there is a bit of a structure to that. And right. so it's it's nice to have that creative license occasionally to ask that follow-up question and really get a little deeper in, in the subject. And it's something that's a lot easier to do, you know, internally here with our employees. A uh, little less, a little more challenging, I should say, with, with customers. But even still, right. yeah. you know, it's really trying to find the story and get the story out. Yeah, and it's nice to have that open space for go- traveling in different directions that maybe you don't expect. So, mm-hmm. you know, having having some questions laid out so... You know, people have some expectations, but then having the conversation flow naturally, I mean, that's that's why people listen, I think. What about you, Alyssa? What's your favorite? So all of, all of the uh, OG episodes, you guys are going back to like the 50s and the 20s. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, 50s and the 20s. The greatest hits. Greatest yeah. hits. <laughs> so mine is more of a modern pick. Uh, yeah. it, we actually recorded a really good episode with Misty Farouk, a financial mm-hmm. advisor um, who like actually uses our product. Um, and I know I'm on product marketing and I'm not trying to push the product in the, <laughs> the show. Uh-huh. But it was really good. You know, she... Um, to Victor's point earlier, like she had to run her some of her answers by compliance and all that, but she was kind of just a natural on air. And she's a young advisor and she had some interesting perspectives on like where the industry was going and um, just like how she's using digital. And she was just really comfortable and kind of like to your all's point, like having some room to breathe through these interviews yeah. and be yourself. Um, she kind of caught on very quickly and uh, you only, you only have limited time. You know, you walk in with us and we kind of, Hit the hit the on button. I don't know what the button is. Is it on, Victor? <laughs> Victor is the technical person here with the podcast. Yeah, oh, have you had that experience record. Of, of, of Victor doing a podcast and not starting the recording? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think we've all had we've that all experience. had that. Oh, three, wait, three for three on hosts. Excellent. <laughs> we got to do that last thirty minutes over. Again. <laughs> I think the worst was the one where we where we interviewed Megan. We were ten minutes in. We were 10 minutes into the podcast when we realized that we that weren't recording. I'm glad that, that was, was the worst. the worst, but it has happened <laughs> at least a half a dozen times, at least. Yeah. And it's embarrassing. You're not the only podcast host. I know a couple <laughs> podcasts I listen to where they go, wait, am I? Okay, we're good. <laughs> ha- so I have a question for you, Victor. Do you uh, feel like you've changed as a host over, you're the, you're the common denominator here. You've been wow. from one to a hundred. How do you feel like you're, you've sort of uh, changed or um, evolved as a podcast host and as the leader of this whole thing? Well, you know, it's a really good question and, and it's something that I've actually thought about. And I would say that more so than just the podcast, outside of the podcast, I think this process has made me a better listener. Like I really, outside of actually doing the recordings, when I'm interacting with people, I really am listening more than I, I think I used to. And I'm more paying attention to what they have to say. And part of it is because when you're doing a recording, even though it is a recording, and we do have the luxury of stopping the recording and asking a question again and you know, re-recording an answer, we try to do this as live as we possibly can. Like when I'm recording this, I am thinking that there's someone actively listening on the other side, almost as if it was a phone call or a webinar. And so to that point, whenever we're doing an interview, it's really listening to what the person's saying to be able to prepare for that follow-up. And you, having had the experience of being a reporter, I know you, you can appreciate that. And so to, the answer to your question is, I think that what this has done for me is it allows me to you know, listen better and also recognize that the importance of storytelling is really telling a good story. Um, and, and like I said, when I look through you know, a catalog of 100, there are a number of episodes that I, that I like, and, and it's amazing because, like I've said in the past, when I do these record these uh, podcasts, I actually experience it like three times: the first time on the initial recording, the second time during the edit, and then the third time I listen to it once it's actually live to make sure that it all worked out. And in of the hundred shows that we've ever done, there's only been one mistake in that, 
And that was one time when we we released the show without the theme music. (laughs) (laughs) And that was because the final save of the actual podcast, the volume was turned down on the theme music. So the podcast actually started with, welcome to Hearsay Social on the Air episode, blah, blah, blah. And then it went silent. And then it was like 40 (laughs) seconds later, it was like, coming to you from the world headquarters. And it was less like, but it only lasted for like a day because in the, the third listen, I, li- I heard it and I go, the music's missing. And I went, re-edited it, uploaded it, went up on iTunes and such. <laughs> so um, this has all been kind of a, an exercise and a process and it was an experiment. And so it's an experiment that's worked with episode 100. I love that answer. That's so good. And I was just thinking of my own, you know, maybe we can go around and talk about the, like the lesson maybe you've learned Mm -hmm. or what you've learned from just like doing this. And I think it, mine sort of combines Ronnie's, one of Ronnie's learnings from his walk, which I did not walk across the United States, but (laughs) take some of his, uh, some of his takeaways for my own. And then Victor, yours. And I think that one of like Ronnie talked about being more mindful and present. And then you talked about listening. And I think that we're living in such a distracted age that like even when I'm at my desk, I have you know multiple browsers open, tons of tabs open. I have people pinging me on Slack and on Gchat and over email and tapping me on the shoulder and product managers, you know, like yelling at me from across the office. And one thing I love about this podcast is that it gives me some time to walk away from all of that and focus on one thing for an hour and it's crazy how rare that really is. Mm, yeah. And I think it's made me actually appreciate um, kind of bringing that to more of my work, mm-hmm. right? So I get to do it now at the podcast, kind of set, away, set, set aside the distractions and focus on this. And I think it has reminded me that that's a really important thing to bring to other parts of my life. Um, I think that's interesting. You know, I'll, uh, I'll kind of say, I think it happens on this side, the recording side of the podcast, but also on the other side, listening to podcasts in general you know for me personally when i listen to podcasts i like to do it on a commute when i have nothing else distracting me you know and if i put a podcast on on a commute i don't have my phone out also doing other stuff it's just the podcast and mm-hmm. you know or if i'm running or if i'm you know uh doing the dishes is one of my favorite times to listen <laughs> to a podcast but you know just doing something where it doesn't take much concentration and you can really listen to the conversation that's happening or the lecture that's happening or whatever the, the kind of podcast piece is rather than, you know, putting it on while you're trying to type something or work on something at work. It just doesn't, you know, fit for me as well. It's more of, you know, dropping into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me it's been a, you know, on the, on the opposite side of the coin, uh, Victor, you said, you know, it's made you a better listener. I would hope that doing these conversations with you when we were doing it back in the day was uh, a way to make me more confident in in speaking and like public speaking. Um, I've never felt really confident in that actually. And it's funny because I feel so confident in my writing skills and you know, it's how I make my living pretty much now. And you would think that having some power over language in terms of writing would translate, but actually really doesn't it's like they're totally different animals um and so i I think it's definitely been an opportunity for for me to you know put myself out there and 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 learn from you actually victor and 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 other people we've had on the show and 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 i gotta say i probably should go listen to that three minute eli monologue so i can so i can get some pointers too because i I usually end at around 30 seconds and got nothing more to say but i think i think it'd be a good skill to have to just keep going (laughs) i would add also that the other thing uh, in addition to just being better at listening is asking better questions too yeah you know it's just getting to the to the heart of you know trying to get to the core of whatever someone's sharing and then asking that follow-up. And so it's a skill set, I think, that's been developed because of the podcast because we are working sometimes in a compressed time frame, especially if you have a guest and you're like, I've only got this person for 20 minutes or 30 minutes. I want to ask the best questions I can. And then based on what they're saying is doing the follow-up. And what I've come to realize is that I think the reason why I really love this medium and I've really enjoyed doing this show is because I love to learn. And so it's getting in, you know, someone in front of a microphone or sometimes if they're remote, getting them on the phone and just, just saying, what, what stories can this person share that we can help amplify? Because people have great stories to tell. And sometimes it relates to our product. Sometimes it relates mostly to the industry. 
But some of my favorite podcasts is when we invite people from this office, people I work with day in, day out, and I don't know their story. So, you know, talking about that, listen to the Jordan Eldridge one. What a creative, brilliant mind. And so it's in exploring, you know, even our own employees that have an appreciation for the place that I work and the people I work with, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. so that in itself has been such a privilege. So I was wondering, uh, kind of moving off uh, hearsay on the air and out to the general world of podcasts, what are your guys' uh, favorite podcasts that you listen to outside of out of this one? Yeah, I, I worry I may have said this on the Ronnie Walk podcast episode 64, was it? Um, because we, Natalie and I listened to tons of episodes of this one podcast while we were walking. Uh, it's called On Being. It's, uh, yeah. it's hosted by Krista Tippett, and it's really interesting just because, if you haven't heard of it, it's super interesting just because uh, she interviews just such a wide swath of different people from different backgrounds, from, you know, there's musicians, there's poets, there's scientists, there's engineers, there's this guy who record like just basically records sounds and he goes and he finds the quietest places in the United States and he goes to national parks trying to find the quiet places where there's no human sounds like just a a huge swath of different kinds of people and talks about what they're doing and their work and their art and their creation or their business or whatever it may be but always pulling it back to them as an individual and their place in the world and their perspective on the world and it's just super fascinating having that. It's just, you know, portraits of people, basically, and, and, and their approach to life. And, and, and you can learn a lot in the intimacy, excuse me, of, of those conversations. I, I highly recommend it. I'll go next. So um, I, I listen to a bunch, and I'm always going through sort of like the secondary list of podcasts. But the constant for the last two years has been uh, Dear Sugar. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but also tied to the beginning of our conversation, um, it's actually Cheryl Strayed, the woman who walked the Mm. Pacific Crest Trail and wrote Wild. She became famous because of this column that she wrote um, anonymously under the pseudonym Sugar for many years. And so she came out actually after Wild and she kind of had a name for herself and was like, hey, I've been actually writing this column all along. Yeah. (laughs) And so she and uh, this guy named Steve Almond, they host this uh, great podcast every Friday the episodes come out. And they basically talk about, I mean, Ronnie talked about like relationships and sort of just like these big, big picture ideas. It's, they, they take a theme um, uh, based on letters that come into them. So people are like asking for advice about, you know, um, problems with their relationships, problems with work, problems with siblings, problem, all sorts of different things. And they kind of theme out the episodes and they'll answer a couple questions and they'll talk about um, the letter themselves and sort of uh, try to give advice, the two of them. And then they'll also call in experts who are either like authors or are researchers who kind of have some expertise about the specific topic. Um, it's really good. Like I, I just listened to one about uh, sibling rivalries cool. and it was so interesting. It was like people talking about all sorts of, you know, um, sort of qualities they had developed based on, you know, being the youngest child, that's yeah. me, <laughs> yeah. um, or being the oldest child or being the only child and the dynamics as kids that you then bring into your life as an adult. And they had some, you know, uh, some, I think like psychologists or someone, something on the show uh, talking about how this is like a real thing. Like these things that you bring into your adulthood based on these experiences sometimes that are traumatic as kids um, is real and uh, definitely a part of like, you know, who we are. And so anyways, I, I really look forward to that one. And it's one that I recommend um, to a lot of friends. I like Dear Sugar. Mm, nice. That sounds good. I am... Um... I don't really, I, I listen to a couple of podcasts. My favorite is obviously this one. <laughs> well, so I listen to this one <laughs> religiously. Biased, but, yeah. but, uh, but the other one, which is in a kind of torn between two, one, one is uh, the Chive podcast, great which podcast. is a great podcast from the standpoint that they mix up by bringing in uh, artists and business people. And they do a great job of kind of interviewing them. And it's almost them sitting down, you almost feel like you're with them drinking a beer as they're interviewing these people. And they really have a good way of kind of getting to the core of the person. 
Um, they've interviewed, you know, World War II vets. They've interviewed like uh, Dolph Lundgren. Sometimes they bring in some real extreme guests that you, you know, hadn't heard from for a while. But they're always telling the story, so you get to know these people a little bit better. And I've actually learned a lot from the show, both on you know interview style as well as you know different approaches to how they can build certain segments out of it. So. For a while there, you know, especially when you look at some of the employee spotlight series where we ask people like the same set of questions Um, that kind of came out of listening to the Chive podcast. Uh, And then the other one, which I haven't actually listened to in quite some time, but it, it 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 makes me laugh, and it's called uh, "How Did This Get Made?" Oh, uh, you stole it from me. Uh, is that one of your favorite? Okay, and in that one, they they review kind of like these B B movies, you know, movies that. And the, the real question <laughs> Even some is some more recent ones. How but, did yeah. this get made? Like, how did this project? How did this movie? How did this piece of content get approved? Oh, I thought it was the creation of the product. Like, this no, is how you no. make the. Okay. No, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. how you make it. It's just, more of a. Like, so why the heck it's did three they comedians. Make it? So it's Paul Shear, Jason Manzukis, mm-hmm. and June Diane Rayfield. Paul mm-hmm. Shear and Jason Manzukis, you may know from um, the FX show The League mm-hmm. uh, about fantasy football leagues. And the three of them have, always have a special guest comedian. And they come out there and they essentially they tell you what movie uh, you're going to watch in the week leading up. So it's every other week, but they have mini-sodes in between. So you know what movie you're supposed to watch that week. Uh, this Friday, the episode they're coming out with is the 1980 class, 80s classic Surf Ninjas. <laughs> so right. sense. But this is some of the funniest stuff of them breaking down scene by scene like what is going on. How in the world did this scene get made? What was happening behind the scenes that someone said, yeah, this is okay, cut print. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, Are they watching it and talking, it, talking about it? They don't watch it in that moment. They're just, uh, okay. you, you, come, you, you want to come to it having already watched. <laughs> I'm shocked that that works just with audio. It's like, that's what's st- surprising to yeah. me. About I this. can't watch it while I walk down the street because there is nothing weirder than the sight of a man mm-hmm. just walking down the street right. and then doubling over in laughter from nothing. Like, <laughs> I have never laughed so hard in my life than I do to this show. It is easily one of the funniest things out there. Yeah, and yeah. I think I'm that I'm glad you brought that one. Yeah, up. and I think that what makes me laugh about it is, you know, is, is exactly that because they say everything you think, yeah. you know, from the standpoint of watching some of these B movies. And they're all the most part will be B movies. If you want to listen to one of their classics, is you take a listen to their reviews of any of the Sharknado movies. The Sharknado ones are great. <laughs> it's um, just so funny. Sleepaway Camp one of my all-time favorites and if uh, here's here's like even not not necessarily a b movie but just not a great one is uh devil's advocate which is that movie with keanu reeves mm-hmm. and al pacino and everything is just so over the top and it's a ridiculous film um and their breakdown of that is just incredible they do some live shows too they're actually mm-hmm. going to be here in san francisco in a couple months really yeah hmm. in the middle of the summer all right well we'll have to catch that so for for mine i'll go with um how did this get made? It's definitely in my all-time top set. I, I've never I've listened to every all 196 episodes uh, they've come out with. But uh, one one of the ones I really love and kind of you know go into the sports side of things. Uh, there are tons of sports podcasts. You know, just guys sitting around talking about the NFL or talking about baseball or talking about what teams should do. But there's one that this group uh, from Niners Nation does. It's called the Better Rivals Podcast, and they talk all about 49ers news and things. But the thing about it is is about cr- Create, making the listeners a better rival. So they really dig into depth of plays and why things happen the way they do and why a certain scheme works. And their goal is to make you the most informed rival to other teams possible. And it's really incredible because it's not just, boy, I really think you know they should have run it or I think he didn't throw well enough this week. It's like what they were doing was an inverted veer and what an inverted veer is is this and like if they had looked off he tried to look off the safety but the safety is deep high and he's had trouble with this as seen in these plays and it's two guys who are very laid back and what's hilarious is neither of them live in the Bay Area but they grew up diehard Niner fans Um, (laughs) one lives in Austin the other lives in Pittsburgh they do it via Skype but it's just it's so much more than just listening to a sports podcaster it's really in depth it's so cool Ronnie they should try to get your mom on the show She's a big Niners fan, right? She's she's huge. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> my whole family. They, She'd be everybody has season tickets except me. <laughs> my really? parents and my two brothers. Yeah. Although I don't know if they're going to every game these days. <laughs> Interesting. Well, let me know if I can uh, sky, you know, swipe some of those. <laughs> well, we're hoping that uh, this show makes your top ten list, or at least the top three. Um, before I let you guys go, I was just curious. My last question is, 
Um, who do you think we should get on the show? Who should we be targeting? Well, listen, we're right here by AT&T Park, mm-hmm. as we bring up a ton. Yeah. I think you got to get a giant on here. I mean, even if it's yeah. a new guy or a rookie, somehow <laughs> you got to get a giant on here. I'm, I'm we got to figure out a financial gonna, services hook yeah, we with baseball. A, I think we can do it. I think we can do we it. We got some customers who are who are out there on the. Uh, I probably can't say. that. All right. Now. Well, the cha- <laughs> I probably probably can't, probably say, can't say which customers, <laughs> but yeah, challenge yeah. is on. Okay, Just saying, so get a giant. Find a giant. I would I say mean, uh, Kathleen should be able to help you with that. Right? Yeah, maybe. Hope. Yeah, Kathleen, kind of hook us up, Kathleen. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, given given the the theme of a couple of our favorite podcasts, uh, getting some artificial intelligence on the show See, would be pretty interesting. Watson, unless you're afraid, Watson. unless you're afraid it would maybe take your job and become the host. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I think we should be Welcome careful about that one. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, get a robot on the on the I show. I am the founder now. <laughs> <laughs> Founder of all things. <laughs> <laughs> right. It would just be a bunch of beeps, and, and it sounds like an R2-D2, just that's all it would be, right, for the whole show. Just a bunch of beats, binary code. Well, hey, you know, wait, before you before you go off, I got I to, I was just thinking of something is, you know, back back in the day when I was hosting with you, it was always me talking uh, about the Giants and kind of, you know, talking a little bit of trash about your Cubs, but now you know how you can tell how much time has passed, man. <laughs> yeah. Your Cubs are World <laughs> Series champions, by the way. Yeah, they are, and uh, no one could be happier about that than myself and the and the kids, uh, but I got to tell you, there were so many great stories in that World Series just of people, gen- no generations of people who had been waiting for uh, the Cubs to actually win the World Series, and it was quite a series. Yeah. Uh, against Cleveland all the way to Game 7. It was an exciting time. We had actually had a, a, a marketing off-site uh, event when the game was on. Victor and I, was ooh. a little distracted. I was, uh, you know, and I felt Who bad. Who scheduled that? Because the game was taking place, and I had, like, my iPad, you know, next to me showing yeah. the show, you know, through Direct wow. TV. By the way, we were trying it. to cook. I think we were making, like, ravioli or gnocchi, and Victor was, like, on the side. But, but I was iPad. there. I'm a team player, you know. I was there, and <laughs> hey, I was wearing listen. my Cubbies jersey and stuff and watching the game. Both teams. Wow. And the game, as you know, went late because of the rainstorm, and then, yeah. and then that passed, and then, of course, it it was actually as I was, uh, the, the, the final out took place on an Uber. I was on Uber oh. going from the, the bar where we were watching the last couple of innings to Caltrain. And the funny thing is that because of the game and there was traffic and such, this, this is funny. I said, can you get me to, you know, the 4th and King station for Caltrain? And the Uber guy is taking me there. And I'm looking at the, the watching the game, watching my watch. And I knew I was going to miss the train. And yeah. I'm like, okay, can you take me to South San Francisco? And then he takes me to South San Francisco. I knew I was going to miss it there. I say, let's get to Millbrae. So we kept going south. It was like, at this point, it was like, just take me home, right? Right, yeah. So we ended up dropping me off in Millbrae. I caught the Caltrain there, but then watched the show. <laughs> nice. You know, watched the final <laughs> out and celebrated the whole way down to, nice. uh, to home. So <laughs> it was a good memory. It was a good year. So let's hope they repeat. I've got my money already down in Vegas and for a repeat this year. I don't know. Wow. Giants, are, <laughs> giants are getting ready. <laughs> yeah. It's time to start some uh, odd year magic. That's true. That's true. Well, this has been Hearsay on the Air, episode 100. And like I said, I couldn't imagine a better way to celebrate this milestone than inviting those of you who have been part of this show now from, you know, Ronnie from the very beginning and Thank then Eli you. and, of course, Alyssa and, and all of you have really made this show what it is and so i am feel really privileged to have had you as my co-host and i want to thank you for coming back thank you thank Thank you for having us (laughs) yeah so as we celebrate episode 100 we would love to hear from you you know what was some of your favorite shows some of your favorite memories as always we invite you to uh share that with us on twitter using hashtag hs on air and we try to release at least two shows a month And uh, we're looking forward to any suggestions or comments you may have about future guests. So we've got some exciting shows coming up. So we're not done with 100. We're going to keep going and bringing you great guests and interviewing, you know, our employees and interviewing our customers and thought leaders in this space throughout the year. But we're always welcome to suggestions. So thank you so much for listening. On behalf of myself and everyone here at Hearsay, thank you, Alyssa. Thank you. Thank you, Ronnie. And thank you, Eli, for being part of the show. See you for 200. See you in 200.
has been a Hearsay Social production recorded in our state-of-the-art recording studios in San Francisco, California, the Great Golden State, seated at the watery edge of the majestic Pacific Ocean. We'd like to take this brief moment in the vast expanse of time to thank you, our listeners, for lending us your ears. For we understand that your time is precious. Like the most delicately crafted pearl cradled at the bottom of the sea, truly we hope to our most inner heart and soul that you'll consider joining us for next week's episode. But until then, Godspeed and follow us on Twitter 